Hallelujah. We've been on a new series that we've named Life. And part of the reason why <clears throat> we chose to open the year with this series is to help unlock something within the minds of God's people to open up or flood light on this important matter and you might have heard me say that part of why we want to teach this is to de-Christianize you. I think maybe uh, I shouldn't have put it that way. Maybe I should have said to de-Christianize you or to de-religionize you so that your eyes can see things for what God meant them to be. And this is such an important matter because life eludes many. Life for many is, is hard, is confusing, it's complicated. But when you strip down the purpose, the nature of life to its barest minimum foundation, you realize that life isn't as complicated as one may have thought. It's only that we have not been educated properly on how to live and how to navigate life. So there are different facets, there are different aspects of life. And all these aspects and compartments of life are essential because God in his sovereignty and wisdom place them. So we want to bring a light on the glory of life and living because frankly many people 
they may not say it out loud, but they feel it. That they do not know why. They do not have a sense of purpose, a sense of uh, need to leave. Many times it's caused by ignorance. Many times it's caused by the experiences. But when we begin to open the word of God, the strongholds of limitation, of, of blindness, and sometimes we act because of wrong doctrine. We behave in certain ways because of wrong doctrine. And so our lives take on a form or shape that ultimately becomes undesired. So we want God's people to be built for life, to be built for living. Having said that, let's open the word of God and begin looking at some things that we <clears throat> might have touched on uh, last week but we really did not get the opportunity to expound on. Let's look at John chapter 10, please. John 10, verse 10. These are the words of Jesus. Verse 11, I mean, verse 10 says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come, I am come, that they might possess life. So if we were to condense the purpose of the coming of Jesus, it was so that man may possess life. He says, I am come that they may possess life. So it was his purpose, a priority to him that man may possess life. And what is this life? Because he says, I am come that they may possess life and possess it abundantly. <laughs> now, the word abundantly there means superior. So whatever life he came to bring, he, he came to bring it so that we may possess it in its superiority. Is that they may have life abundantly. So what is life? What is this life that he came to bring? Now the Greek word there he came he used for that expression is zoe. Zoe simply means the fullness of life. It is life in its totality that comprises of all the faculties of its nature. So it's life that brings forth a state of existence. 
to, 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 to communicate it more effectively. Just think about when you are sick, when you are diseased or someone who is sick and is about to die. You, you can literally see the life deteriorating, seeping out of them. Because when you are sick, the faculties of your nature are not operational, are not animate, are not active, are not quick. So he, he came to bring the fullness of that energy that brings activity. Now, interesting, the word zoe is, is rooted from the word zao. Zao means to be alive. It means to live. So, Jesus brings life. Zoe. A state of existence with God. And he gives you that life so that you live with it. So it is, it is the energy, the force that affects all the faculties of one's nature. So he says, I am come that they may have life. That they may have life. Vitality. To possess vitality. Have you ever seen a healthy person? They, they, they possess vitality. The power to do. The power to be. The power to become. So he says, I'm come that they may have life. Absolute fullness of all the essentialities of life and living. So there is no question about the intent of God for you. And that intent is that you have life. So God wants you living. And it is in that living that God from your life will derive glory. So you have been created as a being of motion. You have been imbued with the vital forces not only to be someone but to act, to progress and to be superior. So when you look at your life, remember that every potential of becoming in this world is already within you. Why? Because you are alive. So if Jesus said, think about this, if Jesus says, I am come that they may have life, it means that the secret and the key really 
to joy, fulfillment, purpose is in that life that he came to bring. So if you look at your life now and what has materialized or not materialized, you have to understand that whoever whoever understands the purpose behind the impartation of life will realize that that life which they have is their potential, is their ability. Let me show you something. Uh, turn to Revelations. Revelations. Revelations chapter 13. Because I, I, I need you to understand really what I'm trying to, to say to you. Revelation chapter 13. And I want you to read it with me. Let's read from verse 11. Revelations 13 from verse 11. He says, And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. And this beast had two horns like a lamb, and he spake like a dragon. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Now read, read this next part. And he doeth great wonders. This beast that is coming out of the earth, he says, he doeth great wonders. He doeth what? Great wonders. So that he maketh fire come down from heaven. Now, this is the first wonder. So, the first great wonder. So that he maketh fire to come down from heaven on earth in the sight of man. Number two, it's a great wonder. He deceiveth them that dwell on the earth. This is a great wonder. It is a great wonder. He deceiveth. It's a great sign. It's a great miracle. It's a wonder. And he says, He deceiveth them that dwelleth on the earth by means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast by those miracles. This is how he deceives them. He deceived them by those miracles which he had power to do, saying to them that dwell to the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did leave. Now, look at verse 15. And he had power. This is a great wonder. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast. 
Now, this is an image, it's a statue. And this beast had power to give life unto the image so that the image should both speak and cause as many as would not worship. So the image could only speak after it was given life. So when you read there, you can see that speech is a product of life. You speak because you are alive. Are you following? This is an image prior to it being imparted life. And the word there for life is not zoe. The word there for life is numa. Numa means a, a moving wind or a current of air. So the, the, the power that was exercised on the beast in order for it to be animate, that's what it means to be animate, is to exist in the realm of the living. So this beast could not speak, but after it was given life, it was energized with wind. It was energized with the current of air, with pneuma, with spirit. When spirit entered into that thing, that thing was a rock probably. The statue made out of rock or whatever it was made out of. But because spirit was imparted into that image, it spoke. It became intelligible. It had life. You understand? Which means, without life, the potentials, ability, capabilities of a man cannot be realized, but with life they can be. So, this is a great wonder. Now, if it says that this is a great wonder. What more of God? Because remember, man only became, oh, let's read it, let's read it. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Are we there? Verse 7, and the Lord God formed, the word there is Yetzar, it means to potter. You know like a potter? You know like a potter? That's what it means. And the Lord God pottered. He squeezed. Right? He squeezed or pottered or framed man of the dust of the ground. So God utilized clay. Notice, the scripture does not say, it's important that we understand what the scripture says and what the scripture is not saying. The scripture is not saying God formed the body of man. That's not what the scripture is saying. The scripture is saying a 
and God pla- I mean formed man not the body man now what we've known what we've been taught is that God formed the fo- the body of a man right no but that's not what the scripture is saying if the scripture wanted to tell us that the body of man was formed from the dust of the ground god would have said so the scripture would have said so right it, it it's like uh let, let, let me show you something quickly uh read um romans Romans chapter 8 quickly verse 26 Romans 8 verse 26 Read verse 26 it says likewise the spirit also helpeth us with our infirmities no he's not saying that the spirit helps us he says the spirit helpeth our infirmities the spirit helps our weaknesses that that's the communication of of scripture he he does not say the spirit helps us in our infirmities because when you understand the word there sunanti lambano what it communicates you 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 begin to understand because it means the spirit is helping our infirmities he's aiding our infirmities he is taking a hold of our infirmities that's what it means he's taking a hold of the the greek word is is very interesting because if if the communication in english doesn't make sense he says to take hold of opposite together that's that's what it literally means to take hold of opposite together that's what sunanti nambano means which means our infirmities are anti us so the spirit does what he takes a hold so he helps our infirmity read the scripture he helpeth our infirmities for we so the assistance is is on our the focus is on infirmity not you in your infirmity for we do not know what we should pray for so what does the spirit that do he that limitation nakaroto of not knowing what you should pray for as you ought that is an infirmity now the context the context the context it has to do with what with praying so when we talk about the infirmity he helpeth our infirmities these are infirmities that have to do in the realm of prayer because we do not know what we should pray for as we ought so there's a way we should pray but we do not know there's what we should pray for we do not know So that is a weakness that is an infirmity not knowing what to pray for is an infirmity and the spirit of god says he aids that infirmity which means he supplements that infirmity 
by making intercession because you do not know what you should pray for. The spirit makes intercession. Why? Because the spirit knows. Now some will read this and say, no, but the scripture is saying the spirit is helping you with your infirmities. No. He's helping your infirmities. Do you understand? He's not helping you with your infirmities. He's helping your infirmities. Your infirmities are the ones that need help. <laughs> In this regard, contextually. Right? He's, he's acknowledging that you are weak. He's acknowledging that you have limitations. But he's saying, I will help those limitations. They are yours because you, you are the one that do not know what you should pay for. So it's your infirmity. So he helps that infirmity. So let's go back to, to Genesis because I need you to understand this. Look at Genesis. And the Lord God potted man. He formed man. Of the dust of the ground. So who is the man? He formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. So God breathed. So you can see the stages. So he says, God formed man. He formed man, not the body, man. No, it's, 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 that's semantics. That's just semantics. No, it's not semantics. It's helping you understand the process of God and also the intent of God. Read quickly Hebrews uh, no, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15. Let's read from verse number 45. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. This one is a living soul. This one is a quickening spirit. How be it, verse 46, that was not first, which is spiritual, <laughs> but that which is natural and afterward that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth. The scripture does not say his body is of the earth. 
The scripture says the first man is of the earth, which perfectly fits with the narrative or the communication of Genesis chapter 2. So the natural was first, then came the spiritual. So he says, the first man is of the earth. The second man is the Lord from heaven. So you, 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 you see that there is something important about how God expressed Genesis 2 verse 6 in saying that God formed man from the dust of the ground. Now, let's go there. It's the same thing. This is a wonder. This is a great wonder. A great miracle. That that which was previously inanimate, lifeless, had life. This is, think about it. God formed man and then he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man that which was an image so when the scripture says let us make man in our image the image is pictured is portrayed in Genesis chapter 2 so when God was forming man out of the dust of the ground he was he was forming his image so that man could not speak that man could not see. That man could not move until God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living soul. Notice, notice how and when he became a living soul. He became a living soul when his spirit entered him so the soul is created at the point at which the spirit enters the body hence the bible tells us that man is spirit has a soul and a body so when we think about life as designed by God, when Jesus says, I have come that they may bring, that, I'm, that they may have life, in his mind, he's talking about the totality, the fullness of man's nature. Life in the spirit. Life in the soul. Life in the body. So the reason why the soul is a complex uh, structure of man is because the soul can only be created once the spirit and the body fuse. So that process of fusing the spirit and the body, that's when the soul of man becomes. And that part of man is vital to, to, to living life balanced. Because it is the soul that harmonizes the, the, the reality of the spirit man 
and a natural man. And this is why man is superior to every creature that God has created. Because man has that which connects him to spirit nature and that which connects him to natural nature. He possesses it. So when you understand what Jesus meant when he said, I have come that they may have life, you will understand that Jesus was not only just talking about the, the vitality of life in one aspect over another. But he was talking about supreme possession. So you need to understand the array of life, how life is arranged. Let's look at Genesis chapter uh, chapter 1 Genesis chapter 1 so the Bible says the spiritual was not first it was the natural this is important because if if the natural was not important it would not have come first And that is the problem with the doctrine and doctrines in, in churchianity. Because we, we have not yet understood the, the array of God's plan for mankind. That's why when Adam lost a certain element of his life, he continued to exist. Because his life was in multiple dimensions. He died yet lived. <laughs> he continued to live after he died. Because God said the day you eat you die. So when he ate he died. But he continued to live. Which means he, he only switched dimensions of existence. So now he could only draw from this dimension of life and not from the other. So he lost access to life. So Jesus said, I am come that they may have life. Yes, humanity needs this life because the life after the fall is, is, is an incomplete life. So when the, the Lord from heaven comes, he comes with the totality of life. So he says, I am come that they may have life because he himself was life. This life, my brothers and my sisters, is life as expressed in the logos of God. Okay, pastor, you're going somewhere now. Yes, it is life as expressed in the logos of God. What is the logos of God? The logos of God is the cause, the reason for creation. So if you understand the Logos, the Logos is not just a spiritual personality. No, the Logos. Let's look at John. Let's look at John. John chapter 1, verse So this is, this is not, this is not religion. 
No, it's about life. It's about the superiority of life and its expression. It's about humanity coming into the design of God, the purpose of God, the intentions of God. Let's look at John. I want, I want to show you something. We'll, we'll come back to Genesis right now. Let's look at John. Because how does this is the mystery that, that, that is really to be uncovered. The scripture says, God is a spirit. This is what Jesus said. He says, for God is a spirit. Right? God is a spirit. So if he is a spirit, which means that he originates spirit nature. How is it and why is that? In his nature as a his spirit, God desires physicality. He desires the natural and he expresses it. He creates it. The natural does, does not come from anywhere else. The natural comes from the very same place the spiritual comes from. They, they, they don't come from, they, they, all, they both come from God. And God uses the natural to teach about the spiritual. Ah. <laughs> look, 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 listen to this, listen to this, listen to this. This is, this is, this is, this is, this is powerful because that's Romans chapter 1 verse 20, verse 19. Because that which may be known of God, that which may be known of God in them is manifest in them. <laughs> That which may be known of God is manifest in them. In who? In man. For God had shewed it unto them. Which means, we do not need religion to know about God. The knowledge of God already exists with all men, within every man. That's why religion is pointless, is useless. Because that which may be known of God is already inside man. It's manifest in them because God himself had shoot it unto them. Then listen to this. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. The invincible things of God from the creation of the world are clearly seen. So what we see is actually invincible. So he says, being understood by the things that are made. So the logic 
of invincible reality, he says, is found in the things which are seen. Which means without the things that are seen, the invincible cannot be understood. So God says, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So God has embedded in what is natural, the mysteries of what is spiritual. So when you hear the natural came first, you need to ask yourself, why did the natural come before the spiritual? It is because without the natural, the spiritual cannot be understood. So God puts in place the natural world. The reason why the natural world is set in place is for the purpose of revealing, manifesting, and bringing understanding to the spiritual. So it's almost as though everything that is spiritual or invincible is located in the scene. Yet the seen comes from the invincible. So if we want to understand why does God really in creation bring about the natural and the spiritual, it's because without the natural, the spiritual cannot be understood. There it is. He says, even his eternal power and Godhead is understood by the things that are made. So then you realize that life is much more and its purpose is much greater than what we realize. Because if you read John chapter 1, listen to John, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. So the Word, the Word was in the beginning. So the Word pre-exists, it's, 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 it, it was there, he was there before spirit and nature. Right? Spirit and nature. Notice, Satan does not use as an arsenal nature in spirit, but he uses technology. What is technology? Is the, is, is the amalgamation or, or the, the expression that comes from spirit and nature. So he comes in and he says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was with, in the beginning with God. Verse three, and all things, look at that, all things were made by him. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. So the physical and the invincible, the natural and the spiritual were made by him. Which means you cannot speak of life indivisible or distinct or separated from nature. You cannot speak of life separating from spirit. 
So a full life is one that is lived naturally, spiritually. Now, let's look at something. Let's, let's look at something. Verse 4, in him was life. <laughs> Do you see that? In him was life. And the life was the light of man. So this is the life that he gives to enlighten creation. In him. So Zoe is life as expressed in the Logos. And if you look at the Logos, he, 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 he creates physical and he creates spirit. He creates natural and he creates supernatural. So it is a Greek wonder. So the speech comes from a consequence. Now let's, let's look at something. Let's look at something. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. There it is. First, first God created. Do you see that? First. Which means, do you want us to go into this? What he's saying is that the first thing God created was heaven and earth. Here's a question I want to pose to you. Here's a question I want to pose to you. Did God create man first or the earth first? The earth first. Okay. Did God create angel first or heaven first? Heaven first, right? The logic is the same. So the scripture says here, first. First God created. So if you want to know what is the first thing God created is the heaven and the earth. Which means the natural is as old as the spiritual. The supernatural is an ancient, is as ancient, the age of the supernatural and the natural is similar. The age of physicality and spirituality is the same. Because the scripture says, first, God created the heaven and the earth. The spiritual and the natural. The physical and the invincible. He created them first. So when you think about the array, the architecture of life, the architecture of life is that God wants you to live both spiritually and naturally. Someone sent me uh, an email someone from somewhere in the world, they were listening to uh, the message. Dear soul. And they said, is prayer not everything? And then they gave me a scripture. I think they misunderstood my context, the context of my communication. I did not say prayer 
was not important. I said prayer was not the only important thing. Let me ask you a question. If you sin, right? After God said, do not sin, and then you pray. After God told you the consequences, what effect would the prayer have? Because in that instance, what was more important was what God told you to do, not the prayer. So, it is important, but it is not what God prioritizes. Because it does not go alone. You understand? It does not move alone. That's what I meant when I said church is not the important, all important, it is important, it is vital. But never get to a point where that thing which is important becomes the most important thing. No, the most important thing in life, in life for a human being. You know what is the most important thing in life for a human being? Is for a human being to love God. There is nothing more important than that in life. That is more important than your praying. That is more important than your church attendance. That is more important than your giving and your tithing and your offering and your... All those things are important, but they never trump the one important thing. Jesus, when he spoke to the church in Ephesus, he did not say to them, I have one thing against you. You don't, you, you, you pray a little. You pray, you pray a little. No. He commended them for many things, but then he said, this thing, this thing, this thing I have against you, you've left your first love. So love is the first. Why? Because it is through love that we understand God and we understand life. So when you, when you realize why God created us and why God placed us and why God gave us life, it is to, to, to discover the love of God. Why? Because when you begin to understand, do you know why many people find it hard to discover the life of God? It's because of the oppressions of these institutions. First, God created the heaven and the earth. And this, notice, these two go hand in hand. Yeah, no, um, Jesus, Jesus was, 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 was all married and, 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 and. Jesus, Jesus did not live a, a, a full human life. And wait, wait, what do you mean? What is more important to God? It may shock you, but this is the truth. Is the experience of life. Now, here I'm not talking about uh, 
sinful things. I'm not talking about evil things. I understand when, when we speak like this, automatically the mind of man, because of sin, thinks about sin. No, I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about the experience. Because of what value is life if we do not get to experience it? What is the value then of life? Let me, let, me, let, me, let me show you something powerful. Let me show you something powerful. Do you know that everything that we see today, think about it, the, the malls, the governments, uh, businesses, uh, recreational uh, activities, sports, golf, uh, all those things, soccer, all those things, right? Think about everything that is good on earth, everything that is good, everything in its, in its good form. Think about everything in its good form on earth, right? Do you know that these are products of the logos? I want to show you something. John, go to John. Some of these things you'll understand in, in, in the Dominion series, but I want to show you this. Because the scripture says, you shall know the truth and the, and the truth shall make you free. The scripture says, and Enoch walked with God. He says, after Enoch begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God, right? And had many other children. <laughs> I don't think you get that. His walking with God did not stop him or hinder him from exercising his husbandry duties. Do, do you understand that? The man walked with God and still had babies. How did he have, manage to have babies? Make babies? I thought when you walk with God, you don't have time for babies. You don't have time for lavi, lavi, davi, davi. Enoch was still active in that department. Even with walking with God, which means if he was active in that department, he was a father. He was present. He raised his children. You know, I run a global ministry. I can't, I can't. No. No. Do you think Paul never married? No. Do you think 
he, he was not involved at one point. Let's leave that for another day. Let's, let's leave that. Let's leave that for another day. Let's, let, let, let us leave that for another day. Now, he, I, I want to show you something. I want to show you something. I said, think about everything that's good, right? Everything that's good in the world. The scripture says, every good and perfect gift comes from above. Now, read this. Verse 10. John 1 verse 10. He was in the world. The word the world is cosmos. The word there is cosmos. Is the arrangement. The systems. Right? There, there are two expressions for the word world. There's, there's a world. Uh, there's, there's the expression of world in terms of arrangement. Which is system. And world uh, in terms of olam. The earth. Right? So the word they used is, is systems. The word they used is, is, is arrangement, is the decoration. Are you following me? Which means, you think about the earth. The earth is just a piece of land, right? And then the decorations becomes housing systems, uh, businesses, uh, governments, uh, soci uh, societal arrangement. The, the, the arrangement, that's what we call the world. The earth is the Lord's, the world and the fullness thereof. So he's talking about two different things. The earth is the landscape. The world is, is the systems, the arrangements, the decoration, the... The, the word the cosmos is, is the same word from which you get the word uh, cosmetic. You know cosmetic, right? What do you do with cosmetic? What do you do with cosmetics? You, right? You, cosmetics can change you. So when he's referring to the world, he's referring to the cosmos. Right there, right? The arrangements or constitution of things. So, uh, sports, uh, business, uh, governments, uh, uh, that's family, that's cosmos. So the first arrangement, cosmos established by God on earth. Do you know what that cosmos was? It was the cosmos of family. The family unit was the first cosmos. That's what we refer to as the cosmos. If you think about family, that is the first cosmos in existence. And you have from family other forms of cosmos. So think about everything that's good, music and all those, all that thing. Right? I want to show you something. He was in the world and the world was made by him. And the world knew him not. The world was made by him. By who? By the word. So the cosmos. The cosmos was made by him. 
So when God said, have dominion over the fish of the sea, he was talking about the establishment of a cosmos, a system. What, what has come of, what, what has come of the, the dominion of the fish of the sea? Is it not businesses? Agricultural businesses? Seafood businesses? Seafood restaurants? Do you think God is offended when fish are killed in the sea and they are fried in the restaurant? Do you think God is offended? God has no problem with that. What did the vision say to Peter? Kill and eat. Ha! The vision said to Peter, if you read Peter chapter, chapter 10, Peter, Peter, kill and eat. He saw all kinds of meat. Swine. Fish, salmon, oh, he saw all kinds of meat. And in the vision, the voice said, kill and eat. And he said, Lord, I don't eat, I don't eat meat. Uh, that is, no, the voice said, kill and eat. That is dominion. So he says, he says, he says, the world was made by him. Which means, whatever it is that we see today, the arrangement, the source code, the source code. Remember, you can manipulate the source code to your own advantage. But the source code of everything that we see today was made by the word. So you cannot say, here's a question I want to ask. Do you think that operating, running a business is evil? Do you think you don't think running a business is evil. It just depends what kind of business, right? It just depends on the nature of the business and whether it is to destroy or help or entertain or whatever, which means God or the world, the cosmos within it has the source code of the word. And the world has variety, is dynamic. Ah. Yeah, no, 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 no. Satan, Satan, Satan is the God of the world. Well, he did and established what he established using the word. So Satan effectively demonstrates the potential of man. <laughs> Satan shows us by what he created and established in the cosmos what the first man was capable of. So what Satan is capable of is brought into manifest... I mean, what man is capable of is brought into manifestation through what Satan did. 
Because what Satan did, he did using the logos of God. So here's my question to you. Look at the earth. Look at its diversity. Look at the world. So God used the word to create the heaven and the earth. And he gave man the word to create the world. But man failed, so another region took over the earth and he made the world using the word. Only he used it for his own ends. However, not everything established, not every system in the world, not everything in the cosmos is evil. Think about that. Just, just think about that. That Satan, being the god of this world, still had the decency to arrange the systems of the world to benefit Humanity, because the word is in it. He was in the world. The world was made by him. Look at, look at, look at, look at the cosmos, the system, the arrangement of the education system. It is, listen, the arrangement of the education system is not designed against the failure of one man. There are many people who come out of that system that have become great that have contributed to civilization. So all of a sudden you realize, mm, there's something to life. There's something great to life. So life then becomes open. The possibilities become open. And the marginalization then becomes what? Something of what? Of a misnomer. Because then now you realize that there is much to do in the world with the word. So when he says, I have come that they may have life, possess it, experience it, and have superior life, advantageous life, You then know that God has more in store for me and you than what me and you have envisioned for ourselves. So we have, through ignorance, limited our horizon. Look at God when he meets Abraham. He says, look to the north, to the south, to the east, as far as your eyes can see. As far as your eyes can see. God says to Adam, extend your thoughts. Extend your vision. Because life is bigger than where you are. All you see is not all there is. And guess what? God is in it. One way or another, God is in it. So the limitations put on us 
about what we can achieve, what we can do, what we can enjoy, what we can uh, 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 become in this life. All those are from ignorance. Are from ignorance. And remember what I told you. Doctrine is essential because doctrine sets the tone of how you live. Look at Jesus. And this is the problem we still have today. Look at Jesus. He goes to, to Luke's party. Not Luke's uh, party, excuse me, to Matthew's party. He goes to Zacchaeus' party. He's flowing and sitting among the tax collectors. He's, he's there, Jesus. This is the son of the living God. He's there. You can't say he's there. He's there. And guess who's following him? The Pharisees. What are they doing there? What are they doing there? And when they get, why, why are you chilling among sinners? You, you are friends of sinners and tax collectors. And Jesus was like, no, you, you don't understand this. So you can see that Jesus was, was fully human. Right? And that did not derail him from the accomplishment of his purpose. Just like loving your family will not detach you from what God wants to do. Working hard for your family, providing for your family. No, but you know what you are taught? Just be grateful. Just be grateful that you, 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 you had a roof over your head today. You didn't. Is that all there is to life? Or at least today, is that, is that all there is to life? Strongholds of limitations perpetuated by generations of ignorance and compounded by the fact that we go to churches where the entire counsel of God's word is not taught, where only one element is taught without understanding purposes, intentions. So you either at one extreme where everything is over spiritualized, yet the person, the person who's telling you think about heaven, dimension, the aliens, that person is sitting in a very expensive chair, wearing a very expensive suit, driving a very expensive car, living in a very expensive house. Tell you heaven belongs to you. Heaven is yours. Just sow a seed. But he's making use, heavy use of the system. Heavy use of the system. Can you see where something is wrong? 
Digging you, something is wrong. That he's on yachts, he's on uh, first first class planes. He's telling you, I need a private jet. Can't sit with demons. Drives a Rolls Royce, and then he tells you, don't be worldly. Too many of you are materialistic. You are carnal. Yet, yet when he showers, he showers with six different shower heads. You are carrying a bucket. You, you cannot be talking about the same God. His God and your God are two different, are two different gods. What he's not telling you is that he has made, he's running a business. In that thing that you say, house of God, the Lord, he's running a business. To him is about revenue at the end of the day. So he can shout, you can jump up, oh, my man of God, my man. At the end of the day, when he goes to his office, you know what he's saying to his assistants? How much did we make? He's not asking how many souls did we win? How much money did we make? And when they tell him a number that does not make him happy, you know what he says? He says, we, we gotta do more. We gotta do more. What circus can we pull up? What prophecy can we make up? And you are there. You, you are number one customer. You are number one client. He's telling you, pray! your car pull down your house dance the Lord's gonna do it for you you'll be sitting in a bus going back home he'll be he'll be in a convoy he'll be in a convoy yeah now he's in one car Mara 20 different 20 other cars are following him like this of God, my man of God, my man of God. He's a CEO. He's not a man of God. He's a CEO. Why? Because you are not, you're not wise enough to open up. You can identify a false institution a false church by how much Jesus is glorified. That is the number one measuring rod. Is Jesus glorified? Is Jesus lifted? And remember, if he is lifted, it will reflect in the lives of the people. It will reflect in the lives of the people. Which means a church that gives life 
is a church that empowers its people. That when they come out of that meeting, of that service, they want to face the world. Not when they come out of a meeting, of a church, they want to climb a mountain and hide in a cave. Because the scripture doesn't tell us that. The scripture says that the church, the ministry set up for the, for the what? For the, for, to build the church, to edify the church. For the what? For the work of the ministry. Ministry is, means service. Want to face the world, serve the world, conquer, dominate the world with Jesus. with Jesus we live in a world that is very different from the ancient world very different from the ancient world and you need to understand that the word of God is timeless is not bound to an age it is timeless that's, that's the power behind the word of God. That it can aid and help man in every generation. That's why he says, let it dwell with wisdom. Hallelujah. I have come that they may have life. I have come that they may have life. And life begins with loving God. To love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. To love Him. Next week, I want to discuss that. We will go, we'll go deeper into that. What it means to love God. Because what it means to love God is not what you think. Oh God, I love you. Oh God, I love No. It's more than that. But we'll discuss that next week. Hallelujah. I, 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 is your mind beginning to open up? Yes. Go ye into all the world. Hey, you see that? Go ye into all the world. Into all the world. Into in the entire cosmos. And preach the gospel to every creature. If he wants you to go into all the world, then that means his purpose for your life is greater than what you've assumed. God wants you well. God wants you well. God wants you happy. Think about it. If God created you for his pleasure, would he not derive pleasure from your own joy and happiness? God wants you well. God wants you happy. God wants you enjoying life in its fullness. Not limited, nor bound. Having access potential 
And it starts with you and I understanding what he meant when he said he came that I may have life. This is an all-encompassing life. Spirit, soul, and body. He wanted to have a healthy spirit, a healthy soul, a healthy body. Full of vigor, full of life, full of essence. Because if you don't have life, you cannot live. And if you cannot live, you cannot glorify God. God turned the years, the dials of the years of a man because he said to him, the dead cannot praise you. And God, and God remembered that. He said, Isaiah, turn back, turn back, turn back. Only the living can, can declare your truth and give you praise. Ah, God said, hey, let's raise this one back. That's because it's important that you live. And he knows those in the grave do not rise to give God praise. They are dead. So leave. Are you listening to me? Leave. Choose life. Choose life. Choose to leave. Choose to glorify God. That means whatever you do, do it to the fullest. Praise God. Because God wants you to glorify Him. You to represent Him. It is time to expand your horizon, your vision of life. It is time to expand it. It is time to enlarge your vision of life. Whatever good life. No man envisions a bad life for themselves. No. But God wants you to envision a greater life. Study God's man in the Bible. Study them. Look at Solomon. Look at Abraham. Look at David. Men who served God. Men who knew God. Because knowing God does not take away from your life. Knowing God puts into your life. That, that is what's important that you need to realize. And that's why I said to you, is your life being stolen, destroyed, because it's possible to be in a church and your life is being stolen. Your life is being destroyed. So you need to ask yourself, is this thing destroying my life, killing my life and stealing away from me? Then you will know it is not what Jesus came to bring into your life. Beyond everything, beyond ministry, beyond, um, beyond everything, life is important. Because without life, none of this exists. So God says, choose life. Choose life, choose to live. And abundantly. Abundantly. 
Yes. The, the scripture tells us, we, we, we're closing now. The scripture tells us that death and life are in the power of the tongue. You tell yourself, I will leave. I choose to leave. You will see how much energy, how much vitality enters into you. Because some of us, we subconsciously are choosing death every day. That he says, choose life. Choose it. Which means you, you, you can choose it. You can choose. No, I choose to live. I choose to live a great life. A meaningful life. A happy, joyous life. Hallelujah. Oh, let's give God thanks for the life that he brought to us through Jesus Christ and the knowledge that he's bringing to us, the understanding that is coming to us to bring forth an expansion of our vision. For we know that the path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter unto a perfect day. And this light is shining upon us. All of a sudden you can see possibilities Yes, it is possible. It's never too late. It is possible. It is possible to have dominion, to have relevance in the cosmos. It is possible. Oh, thank you, Father. Ah, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. You learned something? You're blessed. Yes. Leave life. Leave life. Do not be a spectator in life. The one who has a chance of winning the prize is the one who is in the race. Not the one looking at the race. So don't be in the sidelines of life. No. That's not God's dream for you. Participate. In whatever system, in whatever faculty, in whatever area you have been deployed, where you are, if you are a mother, be a great mother. If if you're an engineer, be a great engineer. If you're an entrepreneur, be a great entrepreneur. Find joy in what you do. Find joy. Find it and expand your horizon. Enlarge your horizon. Because if God is great, you must be great. God is good, you must be good. If God is excellent, you must be excellent. That is the measure of ascribing glory unto Him. Hallelujah. Let us give our offerings. Praise God. Satu Rabbani Kashyata.
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Sare gozoto korabarabasati kaida. Father, we give. Adolf, the gratitude and the benevolent spirit of God. You say that you love a cheerful giver. We give cheerfully. No one who purposes in his heart. We are purposing as a heart to give to you even this evening. And I ask in the name of Jesus, that you release your hand of grace and blessing upon your children and make it available to the God who is able to do more exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. I ask in the name of Jesus that you receive our offerings and they be a sweet-smelling servant to you. Even as the Apostle Paul declared that my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. We give you thanks, dear Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. You have in you all that is required to accomplish, to achieve, and to fulfill a great life. Don't look down on the life that is in you. It is worth something. It is worth value. Yes, doesn't matter. Listen. It doesn't matter whether you are 20 years old or you are 60 years old or 40 years old. It doesn't matter. You have life in you. There's life in you. And as long as God in his will has intended that you live, determined to bring forth greatness, goodness, and glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hope you're blessed. Hope you learned something. Um, see you guys on Thursday. And enjoy the rest of your day and your week ahead. God bless you. Good day.